presumably these European ETFs out here. Yep. Um, that would help expand the range and maybe we can have things like uh, ESG-based ETFs, that type of thing. Very good, Peter. I mean, ESG is getting momentum. Following the COVID, a lot of investors are getting more interest of ESG products. Mm. And if you take ESG um, ETFs uh, globally, it's 200 billion. And half of it are issued in Europe. So we have low-hanging fruit available in Europe to be cross-listed here mm. to answer the need of pension funds like NPFS, but also retail because here the market would like to have more product for retail in ESG. So mm. we have a lot of, since um, the migration we had of the Irish market to Euroclear, we have a lot of Irish ETF available uh, in our platform for investor in Hong Kong. Well, thanks very much for coming in and telling us about that. Thank you for your time. That's Mohamed Rabti, who's Director and Deputy Head of Capital Markets at Euroclear. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this morning in Australia. First of all, the ASX 200 uh, is more or less flat at the moment. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 is up about three quarters of a percent. Uh, in South Korea, the Cosby is up about a third of a percent. Looks like, though, that the decline in Hong Kong stocks is going to continue at the open. Futures markets indicating around about 220 points off the Hang Seng at the open this morning. Uh, in the commodities markets, Brent crude oil on the slide this morning, $64.14 a barrel. Uh, gold is at $1,734 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, back chats coming up with Hugh Chiverton and Nixie Lamb. The weather forecast for today, mainly fine. Maximum temperature is going to be about 25 degrees. Sunny periods tomorrow, and it's going to become humid over the weekend and hot next week. It's 21 degrees right now, 75% relative humidity. It's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. A pharmacist denies the government was slow to suspend the use of the BioNTech vaccine due to suspect packaging. Distributor Force and Pharma yesterday suspended the use of a batch of the vaccines because of faulty packaging. And at a press briefing, the government revealed that on-site pharmacists at vaccination centres had reported up to 60 cases of packaging defects since the programme began a week ago. But William Choi, the president of the Society of Hospital Pharmacists, dismissed safety concerns and complaints that authorities were slow to act. This is entirely up to the drug company decision because according to the international practice, if the border campaign reached a certain level, the drug company will decide whether to suspend the use of the vaccine. It's not the government. The government is very passively to follow their decision. And all these precautionary measures are not related to the quality. So I think this is just a safety measure. The American Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has reassured allies that the U.S. won't force them into making an us-or-them choice over China. In a speech at NATO headquarters in Brussels, Mr. Blinken accused China of coercive behavior that threatened the collective security of the U.S. and its allies. But he argued that allies could work with Beijing on certain issues. The Secretary General of NATO, Jens Stoltenberg, welcomed Mr. Blinken's approach. As long as we stand together in North America and Europe, we can respond and deal with any threat from any direction. And we are doing that in many different ways, uh, by investing more in our, our military capabilities, in technology, uh, strengthening the resilience of our critical infrastructure, uh, but also working with partners also in the Asia-Pacific, uh, Japan, New Zealand, Australia, uh, South Korea, to stand up for a rules-based international order. 
The social media giant Facebook says it's blocked a group of hackers in China who tried to spy on Uyghur activists, journalists and dissidents living abroad by infecting their devices with malicious software. Facebook said the group is known as Earth Empuza or Evil Eye. Here's the BBC's Gordon Carrera. The tactics they allegedly used included setting up malicious websites that look like popular Uyghur and Turkish news sites and creating fake Facebook profiles, posing as journalists, students or human rights advocates to build trust with people and trick them into clicking on a malicious link. This would then allow their computers to be infected, enabling surveillance of their online activities. This is not the first time this group has been accused of acting in this way. Facebook says it has blocked websites, taken down accounts and notified the activists, journalists and dissidents who it believed had been targeted. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Nixie Lam. Nixie, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about young Hong Kongers in the Greater Bay Area and the latest on vaccines. The government has been trying to attract young people to go and work across the border. Under its latest Greater Bay Area Youth Employment Scheme, more than 30 companies are offering jobs for up to 2,000 local graduates. A job expo was held in Mongkok earlier this week for graduates with 34 organisations from different industries including finance, business services, education, logistics and IT taking part and offering over 800 vacancies. But a recent survey by a group under the Federation of Youth Groups found that one in four graduate respondents had said they had plans to work outside the city in the next five years, with Britain, Australia and New Zealand being the top destinations, and 15% didn't plan to come back. Why should youngsters work and live in the Greater Bay Area? What are the push and pull factors? Should the government be encouraging young talent to work outside Hong Kong? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message as ever on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us. We'll do our best to read out your messages. Backchat at RTHK.hk or you can simply call us and our number is 233-88266 and say after 9 o'clock we're going to be talking about the uh, suspension of uh, BioNTech uh, vaccines uh, with uh, a doctor and a paediatrician once again, our email address is backchat at rthk.hk. Put a few emails on uh, COVID-related uh, uh, issues uh, and some other things. We'll get to those maybe um, after the news at nine. Joining us for our first uh, topic, we have with us now Whitman Hung, who's Principal Liaison Officer for Hong Kong at the Shenzhen Shanghai Authority and uh, National People's Congress Deputy. Anita Lee, a member of the Gen X Think Tank, a former journalist and civil servant. And Stanley Choi, Principal Advisor of the Hong Kong United Youth Association, also a member of the uh, government's Youth Development Commission. As are you, Nixie? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I don't know. I'm not quite sure who to talk to about. First of all, the the Mong Kok Expo. Let's, let's Sunny Choi. Let's give this to you, uh, Mr. Choi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for joining us. How did it go with that with that fair at the weekend? What do you think we? Uh, oh, sorry, at the, uh, earlier this week. How did it go? What do we learn from it? Um, I think during the weekend the. Um, the uh, uh, the recruitment fair and in Mong Kok, it was a it was a very successful event. Um, I think we must uh, understand that um, a lot of the young people they are still trying to understand the Greater Bay Area concept. But uh, we on that day uh, physically we have uh, over three hundred um, young people attending that fair, uh, given the COVID restrictions. And at the same time uh, online, I've, I was also told that we have received quite a lot of resumes. 
I must say that um, uh, some of these uh, young people, they are probably still exploring these opportunities. But uh, I think um, submitting resumes and um, going there physically is a very uh, good first step for them. Mm. What, why do you think they go? Did you talk to them? Did you find out why they go? And 300, it's not that many, is it? Do you, find, do you know why people don't go? Um, I think firstly, physically, there is a, um, a COVID restriction at the moment. A lot of them do not um, want to attend physically, but I do understand a lot of them have uh, logged on online to uh, submit their resume. Um, I think uh, obviously a lot of them uh, uh, try to explore these uh, opportunities right now because of um, the uh, weak employment situation in Hong Kong. And uh, of course, you know, um, another additional point, which is that uh, some of, but a lot of them, they start to find out that actually in Greater Bay Area, there are, there are a lot more industries, a lot more different types of uh, jobs that is offered to them, especially for young people who are in maybe uh, engineering, uh, in, uh, sorry, sort of like uh, aerospace area. They will, they will probably find a lot more opportunity in Greater Bay than in Hong Kong. And um, uh, at the same time, we do see uh, less applicants in, in the finance field, probably because Hong Kong is still, you know, pretty vibrant in this area. But then, you know, on the engineering side, we do, we do see quite a lot of applicants, yeah. Right. So, so what are the uh, other opportunities, like, like uh, other than, like, engineers, majors and, and, and stuff? So is there anything, any other um, reasons why they are more interested now? Because, I mean, previously a lot of people were saying, well, all the young people doesn't really like the concept of Greater Bay, they, they don't like China and this and that. Why do you think it changed? I think there are two reasons. One is because um, uh, there are basically just a lot more industries in the Greater Bay, as example, as I said, in engineering. And uh, other than engineering, uh, in terms of uh, cultural uh, design uh, type um, uh, jobs, they are also very quite interested, mm -hmm. especially in, uh, in, in uh, designing. Because a lot of the young people in Hong Kong, they like sort of like designing products. Mm. And uh, we are talking about not, not, uh, not, things, not industrial products, but things like you know, notebooks and even pencils and pens and stuff mm. like that. And Hong Kong is, is basically just uh, too small a market for them to, um, to start their business. Mm. I mean, I, I did, uh, came across uh, cases whereby, you know, in, in Greater Bay Area, when they do these kind of designs and... Uh, the, the first order that they receive will be uh, up to like 2,000, 3,000. While in right. Hong Kong, it will probably be like 50 or, or 100. <laughs> so that's the different scale we are talking about. Mm -hmm. And of course, at the same time, I think another factor is because the big push uh, by the um, uh, Home Affairs Bureau uh, mm -hmm. recently because um, they have put out a lot of uh, advertisements on uh, encouraging young people to develop the, their career in uh, Greater Bay uh, on both uh, employment and also starting businesses. And uh, I, I mean, you know, we are simply saying that the market is basically just 10 to 20 times bigger than, uh, than Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So even if you start a business in uh, Greater Bay Area, your first order will probably be, uh, you know, like uh, 10 to 20 times bigger than receiving an order in Hong Kong. So it gives them um, the, uh, uh, the ability to survive, at least in the short term, when they first start up. 
So I think this is uh, these are probably some of the factors. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Hung, uh, good morning to you. Good thanks, good thanks for joining us uh, once again. Uh, we, we've gone gone over this ground, you know, in, in, in the past. I'm not sure. I don't know if things have changed a lot. There's certainly, um, uh, uh, you know, a big in uh, efforts as we've been hearing from pe- organisations like the Youth Development Commission right. to encourage young people to seek employment in, in the Greater Bay Area. Uh, there's a funding scheme for uh, youth uh, internship. There's a funding scheme. Uh, for youth exchange with the mainland, there's a thematic youth uh, internship programs. There are schemes on corporate summer internships uh, on the mainland. There are cultural exchange programs. All these things, and the fair, and, and so on. All these efforts by the administration to encourage young people, as I say, to seek employment there. Um, wh- why not let the market do it? If if people want to um, go overbroad, go overseas, or go, go, go leave, go outside Hong Kong to work. Um, why, why should the why should the government be encouraging that? And why doesn't it just happen anyway? I think it does just happen anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, slowly. Then why and, does the government have to put all few, this? There's a, there's into a doing few it? reasons. One one mm. of the things is that I think Hong Kong, for whatever reason, in the past probably twenty years, we have been very inward looking. You know, when I was young. When I was young, you know, my parents... Or is those that people, true? But is, is, is that I, I true? You, you think Hong Kong is inward looking? It is. I, I, know, I don't know. I look around and I see Hong Kong full of... Oh, it's ja- full of for the tourism Jap- industry. Japanese, <laughs> Japanese restaurants and yeah, but Korean like movies. In Hong Kong, what I'm saying, in terms of work, Western, in terms of yeah. work, you know, my generation or the generation before my, me, they, they, you know, they'll go anywhere if there's an opportunity. Hmm. Mm. But here, people are reluctant to go, go to Kowloon if they live on the Hong Kong side. You know? <laughs> For what, That's think, true. We, 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 we just probably have, you know, the comfort zone has been there. Um, and I remember a few years back, I was delivering a talk in uh, Hong Kong U with the students and I told them, you know, you don't have to go to the Good Bay or, you know, Shenzhen. You can go, you know, Silicon Valley, Malaysia, Indonesia. I, I had a friend who was investing in, in, in Indonesia a few years back. And he told me, oh, great, this is like China 10, 15 years ago, lots of opportunity. But strange enough, I see no Hong Kong people. You know, he met Singaporeans, mainland Chinese, Russians, <laughs> but no one, no one from Hong Kong except himself. You know, uh, what we need to do when we say encouraging, the things like cultural exchange or, or internship, this is just let them experience. And including the new um, employment subsidy game, uh, uh, scheme from Hong government, the 2000. I think it's very important to let them to ex- experience because if you are unwilling even to cross the border, I mean, I mean, I think the media has something to be blamed as well. I mean, we we kind of uh, for a very long time, when if you watch the news and everything, it's always the negative side of China. I I, I think we we admit that there are a lot of negative things, but there are also the positive ones. But if you watch the, the, the certain TVs and then you will be saying, oh. You know, it's a dangerous place. There's a lot of problem. I mean, I know for a fact that you know uh, a few years back that more than half of uh, only except half of the children we try to do exchange, they don't have a home return permit. Mm. Okay, and same even apply to employees of some of the you know mainland enterprises. Mm. Recently, we 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 I was told you know some of them they've never been to cross the border. So I think giving them the experience. Let them meet. You know, I um, actually organized an internship for actually more than five years now. Uh, I was the first one to initiate that a long time back with uh, HAB. And we offer about 300-something positions every, every year for one month. And it was a great thing. 
you know, not a lot of uh, people interested. Every year, is, and we never f- fulfill a- all the positions. Mm. I think I, 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 the first year I got 500, and then it was like 380, finally we filled. But those who went, they really, they were very happy, you know. I accompanied the, the, the secretary of HAB. Uh, you know, internships are one thing. Internships, of course, you don't have to. It's not really a financial kind of thing. Right. Isn't a big disincentive just that you're going to earn less and you're going to earn significantly less that, in, in that, many not, industries? Not, not, yeah, not significantly less, but yes. The, well, I, I, my impression was that there would be significantly it less. It depends on know. which industry you're mm-hmm. in. If you're like, in the IT, in my industry, yeah. it's almost the same now. And okay, some, you pay more taxes, though. Taxes, taxes higher. higher yeah. But uh, in some of the other industry, they actually earn more, and I mean, they also have a bigger opportunity there. I mean, if you're, you're talking about like, technology, I think it's true about opportunity. But my impression was yeah. that you would earn less. The cost of living was certainly less. Of, yeah. Uh, and so rental and things like that was less. Mm-hmm. But if it, if you terms of look at what your salary would be and what your take home would that's, be, that's why the government is giving this subsidy scheme. Um, you know, I think it's important for it's like them to at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's well, eighteen months, right? Mm. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they can continue to earn that much after the period. Mm. Probably not. Probably they will have to take I don't know four thousand, five thousand Hong Kong dollars salary cut. Mm. Mm. But then they already settled down. They understand. I think I, I suspect you know some of them will come back, but those who stay will be facing a different world. I I actually met a few people. Uh, this is not even the young people. I, mean, I, I met a guy a few uh, two or three years ago. He was an accountant, you know, a, a public accountant in Hong Kong. He mm. sold all his stuff in his flat and moved to Hangzhou and started working for Alibaba. This was like 20 years ago. Now it's a 15, At that time, he told me it was 15 years ago, which is the reason that he believed that the company is going to, you know, really search. Mm. And then he worked, them, worked for them for like five years. He left and started his own company. Okay, I've, I've seen quite a few of those kind of... Uh, I, think, I think the thing is, um, for the government, it's not so much... A, a, Encouragement. Encouragement, I, I, I really don't like the word like, encouragement. I think um, young people need to be encouraged by themselves, not, not by the parents or the government or the teachers. Mm. But we need to let them experience. We need to let them see it. We need to make sure they have access to information, which unfortunately in the past is not that perfect. Mm. Uh, Anita Lee, good morning to you. Morning. Thanks so much indeed for joining us. Member of the Gen X uh, think tank, former journalist and, and civil servant. Um, y- y- yeah, we've spoken to this, this uh, about some of these uh, issues before. Um, what, do, what do you think about the why the government should be doing this? Um, is it odd for the for a government to be encouraging uh, its young talent to to leave uh, to work somewhere else? Um, I don't think we should understand this policy as encourage talent to leave. However, it should be in exchange. Like, we are in a 21st century, a very globalized, very interconnected world. Cities should have more interaction, more communication, cooperation. So I believe this is a very good policy for us for encouraging our talent to explore more they are going to learn, they are going to explore an adventure. And ultimately, when they grow or they learn some new skills, they might bring it back, they may tell their friends, they may start a new company in Hong Kong. Mm. So we are not encouraging, oh, tell them you go away, you leave Hong Kong. That's not the case. However, we encourage them to explore the world and know what's happening outside. Mm. Uh, uh, another thing that's uh, sometimes uh, pointed out is that... Uh, 
when young people go and work in, in the Greater Bay Area, they're going to face an enormous amount of competition. Uh, for good or ill, um, there's going to be a lot of very talented, bright, hungry uh, young people who are also trying to get the, the same go jobs, who will work hard, <laughs> work long hours, uh, and so on, and maybe would be used to, to a lower pay and everything like that. Um, now, it would be good, yeah, you could say, that, you know, it would be good to get entrepreneurs and, and get a spirit where people were willing to take on that sort of challenge. But you can understand, can't you, why a lot of people wouldn't. Why a lot of people would prefer to kind of stay at home where they're like a bigger fish in a smaller pond, I guess. Well, I think, first of all, in Hong Kong, we are also living in a very competitive um, world city too. So I believe the competition is no less than those in the Greater Bay Area. And what is more, I believe that when there's more... Is that true? Is that true, you think? Well, the so working hours is long no, in Hong Kong. Sorry, I, I disagree with Anita. I think, I think mm -hmm. it is more competitive. And it's not just the mainland Chinese. Uh, including people from Eastern Europe, uh, Indians, you know, I've seen a lot of them. And the, the thing is, of course, um, the Greater Bay Area had an inflow of population, about two to three million per year in the past few years. And that's because all these young graduates, they see opportunities, they go there. But it's a good thing. You know, staying, uh, being a big fish in a small pond, pond you know, means that you will never be a big fish. You know, uh, and we have been, for whatever reason, limiting ourselves in the younger generation. I, I was, the same talk I was giving in, uh, in Hong Kong U, I said, if you graduate from Hong Kong U and all your life you can only work in Park Fu Lam, what would that mean? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, so I think, I think um, what we need to do really, but, but not, it, it is not for everyone. I mean, Stanley just talked about the jobs. Um, and I think jobs is more important than entrepreneurs. I mean, not everybody can be an entrepreneur. Mm. And then if you look at it, I always uh, you know, classify the Hong Kong youth into three categories. Those who are in the finance, legal, you know, those elite, the top of the pyramid, they, they're going to have good life in Hong Kong anyway. With the Greater Bay Development, they have more customers, but they probably will stay in Hong Kong. Mm. Those in tech, people like me, you know, engineers, mathematicians, they will find a lot of opportunities. You know, new product de development, um, you know, high-tech manufacturing, all this stuff. And even design. But then there will be the others who do not have a tertiary education, or maybe they study, I don't know, English language or, you know, literature, that kind of thing. Mm. It will be hard for them, even in the Greater Bay. So Hong Kong need to, you know, we need to change in Hong Kong so that we create more jobs for people like this. Because I keep telling the government, I say, you can't just encourage everyone to go to Greater Bay because if you don't have a college degree, it's going to be very hard for you. You know, you're going to compete with those people, you know, mm. delivery, delivery rules, you know, these people delivering foods and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be tough. And then you don't want our youth to go there and find out, you know, that the reality check will be a shock. Mm. Rather for those people, of course, we need to, you know, improve our education system, but also try to create more jobs in Hong Kong for these kind of people. Yeah, I agree that too, because I think it's impossible for us to encourage young people from all discipline, from all industry and background to mm -hmm. all go up to Greater Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I believe among cities, there should be division of labor. Say, um, for Dongguan, they do manufacturing, say, like for Shan, Back Garden, and for Hong Kong, maybe we focus on financial um, services, etc. So, different talents, they actually serve different roles and purposes. In Hong Kong, we can specialize 
specialize in what we are strong at. So talent stronger at, say, financial services, legal services, they can stay in Hong Kong. However, for those doing high-tech, innovation, etc., maybe they go to Shenzhen. And say, for just now what William mentioned, like for those doing English literature or other general studies, or maybe they do not have a higher education received, what can the government do to support and what path shall we encourage them to go? And this is a very um, worth discussed questions too. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? Um, lumping in English literature graduates with uh, people without degrees at all. I don't know. If that Sorry, it just, just came to my mind. <laughs> Uh, if that's entirely fair. I tell you what, I, I think, on, honestly, I think a lot of young people might have the impression that, um, uh, I, I, as you say, I think there might be... Uh, uh, ha uh, people have a bias, perhaps mm -hmm. young people have a bias against, against working in the, in, the, uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the mainland, and I've seen this in interviews uh, uh, and so on. But equally, people feel that the, that the efforts now are, are also politically based are also an effort by the government because of pressure from from Beijing and so on and because of political and cultural problems in Hong Kong. Um, do you see what I mean? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, if... Uh, 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 so it's political. Well, I don't um, work for the sides, Hong Kong government, arguably. so I don't know if they have any pressure. But uh, you know, we have been doing this. Well, of for, course they do. You know, for, they for a long well, time. Well, of course, we, we, I mean, everyone can see that. That's that's apparent. No, it, um, fifteen but, years ago, we mm. already doing this kind of exchange. Okay, I even led some of these exchange mm. groups. Not 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 interns, unfortunately. I think. The thing is, when we first start in You know that the effort on the Greater Bay, I think there wasn't a Greater Bay area 15 years ago, was there? That phrase wasn't true. even used. Yes. Um, uh, you, you know that whole effort comes from the central authority. I mean, I let's not deny that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I mean, I, I think, it, yes, it is a yeah. national, there's a national strategy to yeah. develop yeah. Uh, Greater yeah. Bay. Yeah. And Greater Bay is going to develop with or without Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay, with Hong Kong is much better, but you know, but but what, that's what I'm saying is, is this COVID thing. If people can't travel, we're going to be self-marginalized because mm. people, you know, I had a friend. He's you know you know him, right, mm. Tony? Oh. Him, he went oh, to he went to <laughs> Zhuhai in March last year. <laughs> Never came back because he, he doesn't want to get quarantined and everything. And then he kind of like re, you know move over there and he's happily traveling between Macau and Zhuhai and Shenzhen and show me all these photos of his <laughs> cheering with friends and things like that and say I wish you can be there you know and you know, more and more I see people who actually decided to you know stay there not not really I mean my there. question is really about the political element that there's a there's a that both and push, the, my impression is that both push and pull have have a sort of strong political Stanley. element I think yeah, I yeah. think you know like I'm Stanley I mean yeah. I just want to say that mm. I mean, we, I, I do I see wrong? that there is, a, there is a big push by the government. And I, I mean, you know, like for people like who work frontline like us, I don't see why, the, why it, is a bad, it is a bad move at all. I mean, I mean, even if it is a political move, so what? I mean, we are saying that, you know, the gov we have always been urging the government to put more resources into encouraging people to, young people to explore. And, you know, right now the government, you know, whether it is a national uh, policy or whether it is a, uh, a response to our demand, 
the government is pushing out is putting out resources to us, to uh, NGO like us, um, to uh, bring uh, to bring young people to go and explore. And I think you know what Whitman and uh, Anita said just now is correct. We are not asking them to like you need to stay there forever. We are not asking them to say you don't you cannot come back. We are just saying that why don't you go there and you know explore it and make a conscious decision whether you want to stay or not. So you know. For me, it is all about the outcome. I mean, you know, we we feel less about you know whether what it, whether it is a political motive or not. I think the most important thing is whether it is benefiting the people of young young people in Hong Kong. That's how I feel. Okay. Uh, um, oh, can I share more on the political element? Because sometimes I think that the government, if they are pushing too hard, they the young people may get say offensive or when mm. you're pushing them too hard they don't yeah. want to go like originally maybe i might consider however when i see the government is pushing that hard a bit over and then i'll oh i may step up i may get step a step back, back. back. yes yeah, mm. so, uh, so certain certain young people but you know last night i got this experience i met a very young bright girl who's a cambridge law student mm. and she approached me you know first time i said can you tell to find me an internship job in Shenzhen's prosecution department. <laughs> well, okay. I don't <laughs> know anybody specific. there. Very yeah, but he's, he's studying, she's, she's reading law in Cambridge, right? And she's been back and it's one year from graduation and she said, well, can you help me to find... So there are people who actually, who are eager to do such things. I said, why do you want to do that? Because your law is different, right? He said, I want to try it. I think the future is in Greater Bay and I want to try it and feel it. So there are actually, yeah, this is obviously a very bright lady, very young too, it's like 20 years old. And, and they are, I, I've been approached by various, even before the government had policies, the fact that we started Shanghai, you know, at the, in the first year, I got calls from people I, you know, indirectly know, like five or six calls in a week because they've been thinking about it. They do not know what it is. They actually they know don't very really little. know how to do it sometimes. And they started calling me. Now, of course, because of the government effort and people like Stanley and all these people helping, it's much better. I don't receive, I probably receive like two calls in a month. Mm. But still, there is a demand. You don't have to be a great demand. I mean, if you remember in 1979, when China first opened up, our first, uh, the generation before me, there was only like 20 per, 20% or less. But yeah. once people move there and somebody succeed, the examples okay. will set. Okay, well, uh, we'll, we'll have some uh, comments from our listeners perhaps after the news at nine. Whitman Hall, thank you very much indeed for joining us. So thanks to uh, Anita Lee from uh, Gen X and uh, Stanley Choi, an advisor with the United Youth uh, Association. going to be talking also about uh, uh, COVID uh, later. The weather mainly fine. Temperatures up to about 25 degrees, 21 degrees at the topic. And also on our main focus for this last section of the programme uh, this morning, um, uh, COVID uh, and the vaccination programme and, of course, the uh, suspension of the vaccine. Uh, vaccines being uh, due to be given to uh, are from uh, the uh, BioNTech. Uh, what's going on there? We want to hear your thoughts as ever, your experiences, your questions and your comments. Uh, we're going to be joined um, shortly by Dr Alvin Chan, who's a paediatrician, co-chairman of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases for the Hong Kong Medical Association. Um, uh, you can get in touch with him by calling 233-88266. The doctor is in. Uh, or you can uh, email questions and comments back, chat at rthk.hk, or you can go to our Facebook page. Okay, as I say, quite quite a few comments. 
Uh, on Facebook, Henry says, Opportunities in the mainland offers far, far more than in Hong Kong. The work types are much, much more interesting and multifaceted. Growth potential is umpteen times more than Hong Kong. GBA is a national project that is mega times bigger than Hong Kong. So work in GBA is just natural. I could not see why people could query such. Do they still have the one country in their mind? Do they know mainland is more advanced, innovative than Hong Kong? Prior to 1949, many Hong Kong U graduates went to mainland to work. The late uh, Dr. S.Y. Chung is another. Dr. Sun Yat-sen went to work in Macau after graduation. Youths, like everybody, must not look narrowly only at a small place such as Hong Kong only. Look broader on a national scale. The horizon would be many times wider and brighter. That's uh, from uh, Henry. Um, Jay says, uh, this is a government ploy to close down all the industry in Hong Kong. Hong Kong should be supporting the old and skilled to train the younger people in practical experience, putting graduates out with no experience and high salary produces a lower quality of person. Why do we need to pay people to go to China? If you are young and enthusiastic, you will find your own way to succeed. They are the stronger people. They're the ones who can seize opportunities and progress. This is what all forward-thinking people 30 or 40 years ago did. And many people are not doing the job they were trained for and Hong Kong will do a lot better if the secretaries would let people speak to the personnel officers instead of the secretary making the decision. The government subsidy scheme is an insult to the skilled people of Hong Kong. That's uh, from Jay. Jim says, Hong Kong youth are captives of misinformation and manipulations. The best way Hong Kong youth can learn about their country, Hong Kong, is to leave it. Uh, Andrew Kay says... GBA, are you talking about the same Hong Kongers who are getting ready to flee Hong Kong to places like the UK to regain their democracy? Question mark. Uh, Matthew says it would have been interesting to hear from some real Hong Kong youth on how they feel about the Greater Bay Area and going there. Instead, we have a one-sided infomercial with one of the youngest people on the programme having spent her youth in Australia. I guess it would be impossible and too risky for Hong Kong youth and Backchat to have genuine voices on the programme. That's from Matthew. Uh, M says, Hong Kong youngsters, especially those who live in the North Territories, did spend their weekends in Shenzhen uh, drinking bubble tea and having spicy hot pots. They're also the same batch of people using mainland apps like TikTok, Taobao and WeChat. While Hong Kong youths were gradually accepting mainland culture, the 2019 protest broke out. If the government has handled the 2019 incidents better, youngsters will be less reluctant to work and live in the Greater Bay Area. Uh, and... Uh Jim, uh, this is the Jim who emailed earlier as well, says experience is the goal of overseas employment. Uh, under the British occupation, young people of the British Commonwealth were imported to fill positions that should have been open to local youth, especially police and financial positions. Uh, that is from uh, Jim. Thank you very much indeed for, for all your uh, comments. One more. This is from... Uh, Joe, who says, when things were good, it was not easy to travel through the border every day, even though you may have a card and it's time consuming. And if you're a foreigner, it's not cheap for business visas either. Hence why many people move to China. That is from Joe. Once again, our email address is backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, one more uh, uh, other uh, topic well, other uh, email before we get to um, today's uh, main topic Simon says uh, last Thursday the ongoing situation in Myanmar was listed as a topic for back chat what happened it wasn't discussed on Thursday nor Friday nor on Monday although Mike Rouse noted it was on the agenda he had received has this topic been banned by RTHK management or <laughs> others 
Um, how much longer before Backchat faces the same fate as other corrupting RTHK programmes, such as LegCo Review and Outstanding Teachers, and is cancelled altogether, as it's deemed uh, as it's not deemed fair, objective, accurate enough, and not in line with the RTHK Charter? That is from that observation uh, is from Simon. Simon, thanks very much indeed for your comment and your concern. Uh, in that case, in the case of the Myanmar interview, uh, simply that the uh, interviewee. Uh, didn't we couldn't get hold of him? Yeah, didn't, couldn't get didn't, hold of him. Didn't answer the phone. Yeah, uh, it's, as, it's as simple as that. Uh, we're happy to talk about Myanmar, uh, and uh, as ever, get a range of uh, a range of views on that, uh, as we do on, on everything uh, that we do, and uh, we hope that uh, uh, whatever guests we have, they're not going to go unchallenged. Uh, whatever side um, they're on uh, by by uh, the programme and by our, our co-hosts as well. Uh, let's turn to uh, today's uh, main issue and the uh, suspension of the distribution of BioNTech vaccines. Uh, yesterday we were just hear- hearing sort of rumours uh, emerging as we were doing the programmes, we were presenting the programme yesterday. As I say, Dr Chan uh, is, is with us now. Uh, Dr Chan, good morning to you. Thanks Good morning. For, thanks, thanks so much indeed for, for joining us. Uh, what do you make of this? I think it's quite a big shock for, for a lot of people, uh, suddenly slamming on the, on the brakes like this. What do you make of it? Well, um, first of all, I applaud you for the early news yesterday in the back chat that uh, had revealed to us that Macau had in fact uh, started the ball rolling um, by suspending the a provision of um, biotech to the vaccination centers. Or, um, so Hong Kong followed then. And uh, according to the news, I just got the information from the news, okay? They said that it is the, um, the, the cover of the, of the bottle of the vaccine that they said had been faulty. And uh, this lot of vaccine was then uh, suspended and uh, to have investigations before they are allowed to be used again. So I think, of course, this is a measure of uh, safety, um, safeguarding the uh, safety of uh, the vaccinees. Well, um, uh, but of course, they also have stated that, in fact, the vaccine itself is not contaminated, okay? Mm. There's no... um, any uh, uh, data that uh, the, the sterility or the effect of the vaccine per se have been um, affected. But however, they are just being careful when they stop it first. And I, I think, um, well, of course, I, I, I could only depend on scientific data and I would not uh, have any thoughts about uh, any political maneuver and uh, say, for example, in Europe, uh, also the uh, AstraZeneca have been doubted mm. because of the, um, uh, the link to the thrombotic events and uh, especially Caucasians are more prone to um, uh, venous thrombosis. And uh, of course, then their reaction is quite um, reasonable. And then EU, very soon, they, uh, they, they um, uh, return to use the uh, vaccines again, except for the Scandinavian four countries. They still persisted to suspend it for further investigations. So I think this could be a measure to safeguard the uh, public. 
And uh, because after all, these vaccines are new, especially the technique of uh, storing and um, need to keep the vaccine at negative 70 degrees Celsius and then need to dilute it before using. Uh, this is quite um, uh, special mm. and new to, to, to the uh, health sector. And so during this process, uh, there could be some fault that had happened that we never encountered before. That is uh, because of the need to keep it at a negative 70 degrees Celsius and then to keep the very concentrated vaccine in the vial uh, before diluting. And this could add to the pressure of, of, of the vaccine inside. I don't know. So, um, but uh, however, according to the news again, so um, as long as the rubber plug that uh, stop the uh, vaccine from spreading or from anything outside to get in, that is intact. So um, basically, the vaccine should be safe. Mm. Uh, but however, um, uh, it is the metal, the, uh, the, the, the metal ring that mm. is uh, on top of the bottle of the vial. Uh, they said have been perhaps loosened, and then they even uh, reported that. Uh, there, there was some stain or some dirt on on the surface of the bottle. I, I don't really what they mean, mm-hmm. what they meant by saying so. Uh, I don't see the relation. So if it, the stain or the dirt was from inside of the vessel, that's of course horrible. But they didn't say that. So mm-hmm. I I didn't take that as a related matter. So uh, from the data I'm I have now. Uh, I think uh, for those who have received the vaccine from such a lot, uh, uh, they, they should not be afraid. Uh, it should be okay. The vaccine they had got uh, uh, should be okay, safe and uh, not contaminated. And uh, we have to uh, investigate and then see the results of the investigation then. Well, uh, what happens to the people that already got one shot? I mean, some people will, will be pretty, pretty much like due for the second yes. shot. Understand. Yeah. So I think if if the events go as uh, prompt and soon soon to be solved uh, as the AstraZeneca saga in Europe, mm. then it just took a few days for them. Right. So I hope uh, it will only take a few days here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Then it won't pose any problem because it could be extended from 21 days to up to 42 days. It's not a problem. At the the exact timing of the second dose is not really that fixed. Not it's, it's flexible. Right, flexible to forty-three days. Is yes. It? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's the uh, the vaccinees who have received the first jab mm-hmm. don't need to hurry to get uh, another uh, vaccine, say, uh, to have Sinovac, uh, because uh, although studies have been ongoing, mm-hmm. that uh, we could uh, see how. A mixed uh, schedule of uh, different vaccines on 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 the on the program for two doses is ongoing in the universities. The data not uh, released that it is effective or safe. So I think uh, we won't do that supposedly. So um, um, please don't need to be worried and mm-hmm. wait patiently for the results of the investigations by the bureau.
uh, you know, some people have said that this is a this is an overreaction. That it's it's uh, proportionately it's a very small number of of, uh, yes. of doses yes. that that have been affected, and there's no evidence that uh, that the, anyone has been put in in any danger, uh, and that suspending it in this way, as I say, is, is too much at this at this juncture. Well, um, I think uh, of course we can have such an opinion in the society. And, uh, but however, of course, uh, the government would, I think they, they, they won't fail because they, they said they are so uh, careful and uh, concerned about the safety of the uh, citizens or the residents who have received the, the jabs. So I think uh, the degree of suspension, the extent of the suspension could be um, could be considered, uh, but they had started this decision. Uh, I, I just uh, hope that they could um, uh, come to a conclusion as soon as possible. Uh, I agree that uh, so far there are not uh, proof uh, that uh, uh, people who had uh, received the vaccines have been endangered. Uh, they are put to um, much more risk. Um, so I, I think... Um, whether this is an overreaction, well, depends on your opinion. Uh, uh, I think, um, well, they could say that, well, Hong Kong is less strict than Macau. Macau had even an earlier um, decision. Well, uh, I, I also think that they have to ask, um, well, uh, Folsom, uh, which had been responsible for marketing and importing those, uh, arranging the importing of those uh, vaccines from Europe, if I had my information correct. So, uh, Fosun should be responsible for these um, importation of these uh, vaccines. And they had to ask, uh, so which step of the process had been at fault? Uh, first of all, is it really faulty? Uh, the second question is, if there were um, mistakes. Uh, where did it occur and how did it occur? And uh, thirdly, then, of course, uh, did it really matter? Did it affect the safety of the vaccine uh, at all? So if uh, it uh, found any mistakes on any steps, then, of course, the government had justification for such, um, 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 such a measure. Okay. <clears throat> all right, so some, uh, some emails. Uh, Frank says, Hi, is this a simple case of delivery men handling fragile vials as if they were loading pig carcasses? Uh, was it Hong Kong pharmacists who raised the alarm of damaged vials to the Hong Kong government? Or was it the Chinese distributor Fosun who reported broken vials to the German manufacturer Biontech, who in turn reported this to the Hong Kong government? The conspiracy theory is that this could be a case of sabotage on the part of the distributor to discredit the now highly accepted Biontech vaccine given its high efficiency and being approved <coughs> by the WHO. Can someone provide clarity to the supply chain and its QC, quality control? Can you try and get constants of the health bureau on the line? That's uh, from uh, Frank. Uh, Paisley says, we're constantly being told to clean our hands to help reduce the risk of, of COVID transmission. Maybe that's a side issue we will get to perhaps a, a little bit later. Marcus on Facebook says, uh, as the notification of the packaging defects was issued by Fosun Pharma, would it not be highly likely that the Biontech doses are being packaged in Shanghai and possibly even mixed 
or developed there for Hong Kong distribution. Why else would Fosun have paid BioNTech an initial 125 million euros if not to make and sell the vaccine? BioNTech and Fosun, uh, quote, BioNTech and Fosun entered into a license agreement in March that allows the Shanghai-based company to develop and market the experimental vaccine in China uh, and in the SARs. That's a, a quote from uh, SP Global. Uh, dot com uh, a story there uh, and um, in response to oh yeah well, maybe we'll, we'll 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 deal with that later yeah I think uh, what, what happened is it, it's because of Macau right like they found out the packaging incidents in Macau is it yes it's it's Macau who had yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. So they started yeah, but in, it. So Macau reported yeah, yeah. it. They reported it. They, they found out there's some defect on the bottle, so they just want to be more careful, so just like temporarily suspending the program just to make sure the vaccines are okay. Because Fosun says that it was told to stop by BioNTech, but mm. I don't know how the information to make that decision got right. to BioNTech right. in the first place. So I, I, I think uh, I had uh, contacted my friends in Singapore and mm. in Israel and right. also in uh, UK, they said they had never heard of it. And oh. uh, so I, I, I think, uh, my, of course, my friends, uh, they also got the news. So you mean that they'd never well. heard of, of that kind of issue, this kind of problem? Is that what you mean? Yeah, because mm. for Israel, they have already vaccinated more than a, a two-thirds or even three-quarters of mm -hmm. the population. Mm -hmm. If this is this has been an issue. It must be a headline internationally, of course. Mm. But they have not yet reported such a matter. So I think, uh, uh, as the report goes, and then um, the BioNTech in Germany, they will have to explain mm. uh, whether it was true that uh, Shanghai had been told by BioNTech in Europe that something had happened, uh, um, you know, uh, if it is uh, really Germany, uh, BioNTech, who had uh, told Shanghai and then Shanghai just reported to Hong Kong and Macau, then, of course, it is a serious matter. Then BioNTech should uh, uh, undergo very detailed uh, investigations in each of the steps in manufacturing and packaging. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, Shanghai had not yet started uh, producing this vaccine. Uh, they, they should have... Um, uh, uh, um, <clears throat> negotiated, but not yet come into okay. fact. Right. And uh, so the product we had used in Hong Kong should be from Europe, I thought. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the case. I think right. it was manufactured really in Germany. I think everyone on, actually says that. Yeah, uh, it really depends on which batch the manufacturing is. I mean, it might not be the same with the, the, the batch in Hong Kong and, and Europe. But so. it's, the, uh, it's, it's quite strange that if Yesterday, Boston mm. had already said that it's the European drug company that have notified them that something uh, needs to be uh, careful, that the uh, packaging or the um, metal ring have been loose mm -mm. Uh, on, on the vial. It's so strange that BioNTech had not yet announced anything mm. internationally. No. So they haven't had released you heard any, it? like... Mm. They must have said something. At least they said, oh, uh, they, they admitted it or they, uh, they, they just... They're going into uh, investigation, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, at least they should say something like that. I, I had not heard of the, this news. Okay, uh, Alison in an email says... 
The confusion surrounding the BioNTech vaccine has inevitably raised questions about where the problem batch was manufactured. A number of your medical experts, such as Professor Cowling, have stated unequivocally that the BioNTech vaccines have so far been used uh, that have so far been used in Hong Kong were made in Germany. But I see from the Backchat Facebook page that one of your listeners, Marcus, is trying to suggest that the Hong Kong batch might have been made in China. I'm not sure if this is a fake news, which would be irresponsible and only hurt our attempt to get more Hong Kongers vaccinated, or if there is any truth to this. Regardless, the government might want to clarify this situation if it wants to regain public confidence in its vaccine programme. That comes uh, from uh, Alison. T- I mean... T- my impression, for what it's worth, <laughs> is there the were, um, uh, 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 when it was first announced that we would be getting Biontech, mm. this this was called uh, the, uh, um, Foson Biontech. Um, yeah. uh, there was a longer name for it. And the the press reports did say, and the Hong Kong government statements did say that it was developed and produced by Foson uh, Biontech. Uh, which I think was was not true because it wasn't developed by Foson. It was developed and produced by by Biontech. And mm. my understanding is that Foson actually was only involved in the distribution and yeah. the in the not, logistics. Not really clear on that point. I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, we would like to ask the government to clarify on this point to regain the confidence of the citizens, because uh, up till now, uh, many residents were still doubtful. Uh, whether to, to uh, take the or vaccination not. or mm-hmm. not, yeah. uh, uh, either Sinovac or BioNTech. So many people would like to uh, sit and wait. Now, with this announcement, I think um, people would be more hesitant, yeah. and then that would be a big blow to um, the the, the um, demands uh, and the uh, call for herd immunity within but- this year is quite... The government was serious. The government was very explicit, though, about exactly what the problems were. I think they should get credit for that. Perhaps it did say exactly there are the X number of uh, vials with um, you know stains on the outside, X number with a cap problem, and things like this. So it was very detailed and informative about about that aspect of it. Um, arguably, uh, Din says was the, the same issue. Uh, was Hong Kong's BioNTech filled? and finished in Germany or by their PRC distributor. Um, And MT says, uh, why is the government so passive in its response? The government needs to push the manufacturer to respond quickly, not just sit back. An example of the civil service mindset of our government uh, is uh, from uh, MT. Um, Is this going to sort of slow down, do you think, the programme significantly, which is already slow, Dr Chan? Uh, definitely, because uh, uh, right after 16th March, that uh, biotech would be provided in the uh, community vaccination centre, it had already surpassed the uptake of the uh, Sinovac vaccine, you know. So now, uh, up to yesterday and the two days ago, uh, I, I think about uh, two-thirds of the vaccinees had taken uh, BioNTech. Only one-third had been uh, receiving Sinovac. Mm. So um, if suddenly now uh, people cannot get um, BioNTech, so only two-thirds uh, left, uh, I mean, sorry, one-third will persist to go to uh, Sinovac. Mm. I doubt whether those who had assigned mm. uh, to get um, 
um, a, a vaccine from the community vaccination center will change their mind to get the Sinovac. <laughs> I, I doubt so. so. so- from from another angle, so what if a person uh, decided, well, it, it, have some doubt about this uh, BioTech uh, vaccine, and is it possible for them to shift, or is it too dangerous for them to shift to another one? Yes, of course, of course, because as far as I know, um, the, all those uh, vaccine centers are not fully booked now. Yeah. It's quite different from the first week mm-hmm. uh, that uh, most vaccination centers have been fully booked. Yeah. Now they are not fully booked. Uh, anybody could um, get an appointment. They can go to their GPs and, and just do that. Yeah, closer. and also they can get the Sinovac in private doctor's yeah, yeah. clinics. So I think they are free to do so. They just uh, they just um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> they 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 just um, didn't you know even. Um, before uh, uh, the percentage uh, didn't didn't turn up right. it, uh, like, in it, the community it, vaccination centres. Right. Is there any data to show that well how long you have to wait until you like restart that vaccination process? So, so just say that because you, you mentioned about twenty one to forty three days. Uh, what if yeah. the investigation haven't finished during that time? When it resumed, you have to do it again. So, like in total, three shots or something like that. Yes, uh, I could not really uh, estimate uh, how long it would take because we don't know the exact problem, how to fix it. Right. And I, as I said, I had not yet uh, re- uh, received any news that uh, what BioNTech has said. Yeah, I think, um, I think the main point is whether people can still get vaccinated if the investigation didn't finish within the 33 days that you mentioned earlier, the timeline, and uh, whether they can just restart uh, having vaccines again, like, because that's the effective time, like 21 to 43 days. What if... Now, I think, I think this is a very serious matter mm. because uh, everything should be transparent. And uh, internationally, uh, people, uh, people's health are at stake. And uh, if there is anything not true that has been propagated, the drug company could find liability, liability in it. They could, um, they could really uh, uh, complain that how come such a news could come up if anything uh, that's not genuine. But of course, if all those allegations are genuine, then it's a big blow to BioNTech than uh, their production had uh, thought in it. Then um, the confidence all over the world would be eroded. So I, I think it is quite a serious matter, and they would seriously investigate into it uh, for the reputation uh, and mm-hmm. also for the safety of all the people around the world. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm yeah. just waiting uh, uh, for, for, for any reply from BioNTech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Chan, thanks for joining us. Alvin Chan, the paediatrician, co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases at the Medical Association. Thank you very much indeed. Just a few more emails on the subject of our first uh, part of the programme today. Uh, S, responding to Henry, says, I wonder, who was uh, on Facebook, wonder where Henry's folks are, hope they are following his uh, advice. Um, Matthew says, the guests in the first half spewed a steady stream of smooth, one-side, nonsensical, dystopian propaganda without any real challenge. The back chat on back chat is no more. 
That's uh, from Matthew. Uh, Andrew uh, says the budget for the Greater Bay Area at this time proves political priority. With the paltry citizen and business relief offered by one of the world's most well-off governments during COVID-19 and in the wake of non-stop 2019-related misery in Hong Kong, it's clear that the taxpayers' $10,000 a month sponsorship of local youngsters to live in China shows the local administration puts no priority at all on the real pressing needs of the people it serves in the SAR. That is uh, from uh, Andrew. Thank you very much in indeed for that. A few more emails just uh, on... on um uh, from the other day uh, on COVID-related issues. Uh, Bob says, uh, as I'm... Uh I'd like to share my experience of getting vaccinated. As I'm in my 70s, I was eligible from the outset. I've now had my first shot at Sinovac and we'll get the second in a couple of weeks. First of all, the process is extremely well organised. Uh, when you arrive at the centre, you're required to sit in a holding area and fill out in a couple of additional forms, one of which relates specifically to any underlying medical conditions. Uh, the suggestion on uh, today's programme, that was uh, from uh, yesterday's programme, uh, that the actual person is delivering the vaccine vaccination should get into some kind of lengthy conversation it makes zero sense everyone should have been cleared before they actually get to the needle stage otherwise it will be chaos secondly as far as after effects frankly on the next day i completely forgot that i'd even done the vaccination and the day after that i did stage three of the maclehose trail in a little under five hours which for those of you into hiking we know is one of the most severe sections felt a little tired the day after but that might have been because of the hike that is from bob uh, paisley says we're constantly being told to clean our hands to help reduce the risk of covid transmission but it seems that we need to be selective in which hand cleaners we use but according to a bloomberg uh, article the number of widely available hand sanitizers in the u.s contain high levels of benzene uh, a chemical that according to the department of health and human services causes cancer uh, according to uh, hopefully the hong kong center for health protection can look into the matter to allay local concerns that similar inferior brands are not being sold uh, in hong kong there's a link to that story about carcinogens in hand sanitizers uh, from bloomberg and Mike uh, says, to clarify, the guest doctor's response to prophylactic vaccines in the middle of a pandemic returned to my explanation given last week with regards to superbugs often found in hospitals. Why are these bugs resistant to present-day antibiotics? Misuse of antibiotics is the answer. It's the same reason many professional medical personnel think it's reckless to give prophylactic vaccines in the middle of a pandemic. The doctor was right when he inferred that it will not cause the patient that takes any jab any serious problems. The problem is the suboptimal response your body has to the injection will strengthen the virus, make it smarter, and because of the short-term advantage of the vaccine may innocuous by taking the jab while the virus is present gives the potential pathway for a super super virus that we are creating in our blind rush for a fix this is going to come back and bite us hard that's it from uh, us today back at uh, 8 30 for fri friday's uh, program here's the latest weather before we go mainly fine temperatures up to about 25 degrees sunny periods tomorrow humid at the weekend 22 celsius now relative humidity is at 67 percent my son's vaccination appointment should be soon. Has my father-in-law used up his healthcare vouchers? Register with eHealth and download the eHealth app, and these records can be viewed at a glance. We can view our own and our children's vaccination records, which include COVID-19 vaccination records. Elderly people can check their healthcare voucher records anytime as well. There are also other functions, like searching for doctors and viewing medication records. The eHealth app, a new mode for managing your health. Don't wait. Download it now. 9.35, the news now with Samantha Butler. A pharmacist denies the government was slow to suspend the use of the BioNTech vaccine due to suspect packaging.